Hi guys, welcome to the Listen While I Ramble podcast. It's our first ever episode this week, um, and we are going to be discussing chef secrets, uh, as me, myself being a chef, and I've worked in the front of houses also, but why I decided to leave the industry, and a few personal like gripes I have with the catering hospitality industry in general, um, but before I do start, I just want to make it extremely clear, I'm not making this podcast episode just to slag off and berate people I've worked with, the places I've worked, it's just, I just want to explain a few trade secrets and my personal experiences in the places I've worked and my personal experiences in just in general of just the hospitality and catering industry. Um, so please sit back and enjoy the episode. So the first thing I do want to say is if you want to become a chef and you're, re- you know, it's a great career to really go for. Um, if you're passionate about food and you're passionate about, you know, or creating something like I was. Um, it is a brilliant career to go down, you, you know, brilliant prospects, great career progression. Um, but I think what I didn't know uh, at the start, there's a lot of things you don't really know. Um, and I just want to make, this isn't me trying to dissuade you from becoming a chef, because if I can help someone actually become a chef, um, that'd be lovely, because being a chef is actually a, a really, you know, it's a great job to have. Honest, I loved being a chef, I loved being creative, I loved... Um, like you know like creating menus and stuff like that it's it is it is really fun um because like if you're like me I, I really like to you know just creating stuff and that's why I, kind of why I decided to do a podcast I was really passionate about creating and you know being you know just just creating in general so it's a absolutely great career to have you just got to be prepared for like different things um because bear in mind if you're young you will be just a lap dog. Um, what? Well, you don't really think of really. You'll you'll just be pretty much your like your head chef and sous chef's bitch. What is completely fine. And because people will say oh, I'm a bit, I'm at, uh, you know, just be my, just by me talking about this, uh, I'll be like a snowflake and you know a little bitch. But to be honest with you, you don't really really understand until you till you've done it, like being a chef. And I didn't. I didn't understand it before. I I was a full time chef. Uh, you get thrown. You do get thrown in at the deep end. Um, but honestly, it is a really, really good career to have. Um, but you just got. You've just got to think of a few things. So like, I'm just going to list through them now. Uh, like waiters can be your best friend and your worst enemy. Um, just for example, like, if a waiter like waiters get problems um, from the customers, and then usually the time they'll take it out on you because it's either they've made a mistake. And don't get me wrong, some waiters and some waiters I've worked with will just drop you in the complete, complete and utter shit. Um, <laughs> and they'll just drop, you know, they'll put you right in it. But bear in mind, it can also be your mistake. And then it's completely, you know, like you deserve to get ripped apart. <laughs> and don't don't get me wrong, like, I've been ripped apart. I think everyone makes a mistake at the beginning. And even just as you go on, you're going to make mistakes. And I've made load of, loads of mistakes. You just got to be prepared to like, like the confrontation. You don't get like when you like. I went to catering college for two two years. You don't really get taught about the confrontation um, within kitchens and the front of house teams because I don't know if it's just the places I've worked, but there is a certain divide between the front of house and the back of house. Like you can you can all be friends outside of work, but when you're actually working it is like two separate teams and it really shouldn't be 
And I think if you when you look at all these, you know, like like for example, like Hell's Kitchen on TV, it's not the most realistic show, but you can see that's how like a front of house and a back of house team work. They work in unison. Um, I've worked in a places where it has worked in unison and where it's not uh, in unison. So it's it's a bit of a sticky situation. You've just got to realise before you you know fully choose, be prepared for confrontation between waiters, uh, managers, and other chefs. Because um, when I first started, I was chefs. I mean, some chefs are fucking arseholes. <laughs> like honestly, they they really are. And don't get me wrong, as as you be around them more. You do become an arsehole. Uh, like, that might just be the place I've worked, though. So, take it, take what I'm saying with a pinch of salt. Um, but you've just got to, you know, there's certain things you don't, you're not uh, expecting when you first start. One thing I will say is, right, if you're, like, quite young um, and you're in, like, a bit of a position of power um, and you're working with people who are significantly older than you, um, I had this, honestly sometimes you do just get tr- treated like an absolute arsehole by them because obviously you're you're really young um so if it's hard telling someone who's you know like 15 to 20 years older than you even even 10 years older than you older than you actually what to do because they probably feel like it is your their you've got their position well so you know fair enough they've probably worked the way but you've got it's that's something I wasn't prepared for. I just felt like that really should be um, mentioned here because that was a, you know, when you get a promotion, you keep going up promotion, promotion, promotion. Um, you don't really think about all the added stuff. Like, the, like for example, when uh, you get promoted, like chef to party, you go up a few more ranks, you'll eventually get to sous chef and then you're number two to people. You're not the sous chef, in my opinion. So head chef is like the head chef. He's number one. He deals with all the shit from the people above him, the managers, and just, just any, ev- basically everyone above him. The sous chef is a bit more part of the team. It, every place I've worked, it is a bit more of a team. And I'll tell you why I personally think uh, the sous chef's more of a team. It's It depends on who the person is. Because you can get a arsehole as a head chef and like a brilliant sous chef who you just like love. Um... And that goes for and this can go for like any place you work. You, the you most of the time the managers are complete arseholes. Um And sometimes you get really good managers. I've had brilliant managers. Like the places I've worked, um, like when I was young, I've honestly I've only had ever one absolutely shit job. Um, all the other jobs have been absolutely brilliant. Uh, brilliant managers, decent teams. Um, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be someone you don't like at work. You know, there's always going to be that someone. But it is, honest, it's, you know, it goes to everywhere. You're not going to like everyone. Um, and sometimes though, the people you don't like will make your job a complete hellhole. I've had that multiple times. Um, and that's one of the actual reasons I did in, decide to leave in the end. Uh, you know, you can't account for other people. Um... Yeah, back to what I was actually saying about sous chefs. Um, sous chefs are like still part of the team, in my opinion. I just feel like the when you're a sous chef, you're still part of the the kitchen squad. Everyone's part of the kitchen squad, but I think it might. This just might be my own personal experiences. 
you're still part of the team as as a number two, and you're kind of still like loved by everyone. But as soon as you, if this goes for anyway, if you're becoming a manager, like in any job, there will still be you know that little bit of a divide for people. People will start you know looking at you differently because because you're in a higher position, so they've got to act differently around you. Um. Because you know you're you're their boss now, so you just that's one thing you, I never accounted for, and so that that's that's my personal opinion on why you know if I was ever going to be a chef again, I I would want to be a sous chef. I wouldn't want to be a head chef anymore. And don't get me wrong, head chefs have way too much. You know, there's a lot of crap and shit they deal with that uh, the kitchen staff and team and the front of house team will never get to see. Um, so that's you know something to be. It's it's not expected. So you got what I said. What I've learned from being a chef, uh, not just like the chef skills, obviously in like how to cook and all of this stuff. It's more about the people skills you need, because for different people you you need to talk to them differently. And sous chef is applies for sous chefs, uh, just in life really. Also, you need to learn how to talk to people um, in a way that's not too aggressive. Like, don't get me wrong, in a kitchen, it's a hot, busy, stressful environment. Like, I, I personally have anger issues, um, and I've been working through them. Um, so, <laughs> that probably wasn't the best industry for me to go into, because I, I do have a very, very short fuse. And people do, like, they piss me off. I get extremely, like, ask some of the people I've worked with. Oh my god, I've ripped people to shreds. Um, sometimes it's friendly banter. What's all? What's all fun, you know? When it's friendly banter, it's brilliant. And um, but sometimes you do you do go too far. You, you'll you'll proper rip into them. I've done it. I've been ripped into the exact same. You some you'll literally just have a shouting match. Sometimes you'll literally stop working and just argue with someone. Um, and it's it's not it's not the best working environment to be honest. Um, like service is known to be stressful, and I think people who aren't chefs. Um, don't really realise it. So, like, one of my personal gripes with the whole like catering industry is you, it's look, it's looked down upon a little bit because people who haven't never worked in the catering industry don't actually kind of realise how hard it is. And you know, so, oh, you know, like you know, like the geezers. Oh, I can do that job. It's a piece of piss. You know that, that you couldn't, like, you really couldn't. Um, they they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, they would they would cry and go home. Like I'm not a chef anymore because of the like pressures of being a chef, and and obviously like I said before earlier, the people around it made my job a hellhole. Um, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I decided it's not for me. But that is something that really really and always will piss me off. People who say I can do your job in my sleep. The simple answer is no. You couldn't. Is that there's a massive difference between being a home cook and like a good home cook to being an extremely talented chef who can handle the pressure of being a chef. And it's more than okay to say you can't handle the pressure of being a chef. I couldn't personally. It was too much of stress on just on my mental health, and I was fucked for quite a while. But I'm going to go into that later because that's more going to why I decided to leave and what I'm doing now. But honestly, you've got to, you know, just be prepared for waiters being an arsehole, <laughs> chefs being an arsehole, 
uh, you having confrontations with other people. Um, something I never really, you know, when you when you watch Hell's Kitchen and all these shows, just any, you know, MasterChef. Uh, honestly, MasterChef Canada does a challenge where they go into. Well, all MasterChefs, really, but MasterChef Canada does a brilliant way of actually showing service in actually how it is. And a lot of home cooks do crumble. Um, it's a proper service for real people. Um, go on YouTube, search it up. Brilliant, brilliant chef's uh, restaurants they're going into. And a lot of them can't hack it, and a few of them can. And it does take a real talent um, to deal with the pressures of actually being a chef. Because you can be a talented cook... Um, and know how to cook, know about your nutrition, and, you know, be, just be a really good home cook. But being a chef is, it's a different animal to being a home cook. Um, I didn't ever expect to, you know, struggle with pressures. I've, I've, you know, I've done a lot of things in my life, and I've had a lot of pressure on me. And being a chef was probably the worst thing I've ever done, for my, for my own personal mental health. Uh, not... You know, it's lot. It's very long hours, and you're always on your feet. What's what's to be expected? But I mean, it is honestly crazy sometimes. It, it depends on where you're working. If you're working in like a, a let, honestly, if you're working in like a hugely busy restaurant slash gastro pub, it's it's manic. It's manic all the time. If you're working in a cafe, a bit more chill, and the food standard isn't as high. Um. It's easier, and that's what that is. What we're going into next, like the actual chef secrets about food, because I've gone on about people for far too long. So let's move on to food <laughs> and food secrets. Um, it's, this is quite a well-known one, but some people I, I'll say it to, just like my friends and family, and they're like absolutely shocked by this. When it's I, ne- I will never order a soup of the day, because um, it's if you. If you've worked as chef, you know soup of the day is never soup of the day. It's just soup of the week. Don't get me wrong, it's not going to taste bad. But it's just something I wouldn't personally do. Because I, I know it's just like hotted up soup again. Like days and days and days old. Um, and it's just something I personally wouldn't do. But a lot of people are like completely and utterly shocked. Uh, when when I say it's ne- soup of the day is never a soup of the day. It's always a soup of the week. It... It actually blows my mind a little bit because I thought this was just common knowledge, um, but apparently not. But one one thing I do want to say, moving on from soup of the day, it is food standards and food quality vary so much because when you look at a menu, it always it all most menus always sound apps you know like the best quality stuff, always uh, top notch. It's the best gear you can buy pretty much, and honestly, some of some restaurants order complete and utter shit. Like, you wouldn't believe... Like, I've been to loads of different restaurants. I, before I even started working full-time, I did loads of work experience. Um, you can't believe the amount of frozen food that gets ordered in when it's claiming to be fresh. It, it Honestly, it blew my mind how much, like, restaurants order frozen in food. Like, you, you have to expect a little bit of frozen here and there. But honestly, it honestly fro- blow, throws you off and blows your mind how much frozen food is actually in the industry. Because you don't, it's not something, when you go to catering college, everything's fresh. You learn how, you know, how like knife skill, you learn everything you can possibly want to learn. 
and then you get chucked into the industry and it's frozen food. And that, for me, that threw me off massively. It's just like, it's more of a fact that when you look for like the general customer, it says on the menu, it's completely fresh. They're lying. And I'm pretty sure that's actually against the law because it's claiming to be something it's not. And like, don't get me, don't, I'm not going to go into the calorie thing because the calorie thing's always wrong. Whenever, because obviously now by law you have to put calories on the, on your menu and stuff. Honestly, the calories are always wrong. The calorie never believe the calories. Just like it's absolutely stupid. Like you can't have a full portion of fries and a massive cheeseburger and expect it to be like five hundred calories with like the added stuff inside because everything inside obviously adds onto the calories. It's just. Like they don't count. I'm pretty sure I know the place. Some of the pl- one place I worked don't count the sauce in the calorie counter to make it look lower. Uh, like it's just you can't. You literally cannot do that. It's just it's against the law. You're breaking. You know, you're misleading the customer into something. And that you know, it, I've had. You know, when you write a menu, you have to do that. And yet I got told to do that at one of the places I've worked. It's it's not. And I I didn't want to do it, so I didn't do it. Um. And that place was honestly shocking. Like the, it's like it was honestly the worst experience of a job I've ever had. And that's probably it's the reason I left my my previous job, uh, my last job I had before I started to do what I'm doing now. It fucked me for ages. And like now, for example, I'm going to go into it later, but I go to therapy uh, weekly just to sort out my general anxiety and my anger issues. Like, I've always had anger issues, but I mean, like, it got so bad, I was, like, just angry at the world because of that place. But we're going to go into that later. So what I'm going to talk about now is food labelling. Like, I think, like, food labelling in kitchens is diff- is basically when you make something. So let's uh, let's do an example. Just make you making, um, we just do a simple one, like f- fucking toast. Like, you'd be surprised. A lot, a lot of restaurants um, will not chuck away the toast. Like, for example, Melba toast. We'll do Melba toast instead of just plain old boring toast. Uh, Melba toast. We'll do Melba toast. Um, uh, it goes really well with like a mackerel pate and stuff like that. So Melba toast, for example, that will go. That will last for quite a while. Um, one place I worked, we did Melba toast for five days, um, and I mean, like, it was pretty. In my opinion, it tasted pretty bad. Um. You know that's what that's what food labeling is. Like it can like people will change the labels and say like it'll smell all right. But just to go into a bit more detail, because I've just I've just gone I've just gone on about bloody toast for like a minute. A food labeling when you make something, you put the time and date it was made and the expiry date, and it should correspond with the time you also made it. Um, and obviously different foods, you, like meat has different lab- like labeling procedures. You know, chilled foods, frozen foods, uh, so on and so forth. Um, and like I explained with toast, one place did it for five days where I, I would only do it for two cause it would just, it would, in my opinion, it would just taste a bit off. Um, but yeah, like some lab- I've gone to, I've gone into different places. The, the best place I've worked at, the previous job I worked at, um, uh, was brilliant. The labeling was brilliant. And my first job was absolutely brilliant and, you know, best place you can work if you wanted to be a chef. Honestly, absolutely brilliant. Everything was done 
fresh. It was honestly just brilliant. You can't. I can't give it enough praise. The manager was brilliant. If if he if you do listen to this, I love you. <laughs> You're you've honestly helped me out so much um, since I was 16. I think uh, I first met you. Um, honestly, brilliant guy. Um, I w- I'm not going to mention his uh, restaurants and pubs um, uh, in this. But you, you know who I'm talking about. All my friends know who I'm talking about. Um, uh, his pubs are honestly brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, his food label was absolutely great. But this, I'm going to go on to personal experiences now. And this one, pl- I've had one job. But like I did say earlier, it fucks me completely. That everything was bad. I mean, everything was bad. Food labelling was bad, food standards, uh, soup, soup we just ordered in. It was actually the best soup um, you could probably order in. It was actually really, actually really tasty soup. Um, but honestly, food labelling was sh- absolutely shit. I mean, <laughs> it was just two days for everything. I mean, it was just like appalling. Um, and then don't even get me start- like, on- honestly started on this uh, kit shit like health and safety. I mean, everyone I know who works there, and I think a lot of people still do work there. I mean, it was just a joke. Like I remember one. This is probably the, probably the worst thing ever happened to me. Um, I was working uh, just out of the blue. Loads of water started to come up through like the floor because obviously there's like drainage, you know, for when you're mopping and stuff like that. But I mean, it just started coming up, and it was like flooded the kitchen. And this happened multiple, multiple times. And there's loads of sh- experiences. And they just wanted the manager told me, uh, "Work in it, or you, or you get sacked." Like how that is just complete and utter shit. You know how can you? It's, you're in a health and safety environment. You're working in a kitchen with live electrics. Well, you always load to, and I mean, like, it was too, like, about my, like, calf level, my lower bit of my calf. Like, you was literally walking in a massive puddle. Not even a puddle, more like a a pond. Like a really, not like a, you know, like a a medium shallow pond. It was was just ridiculous. This happened multiple times. And, like, that was just normal, like, water, like, clean, cleanish water. Well, it wasn't clean, but it was, like, cleaner than the other, other time. Um, like the worst thing was the actual like sewage came up through this fucking drain, and we had to work in it. It was absolute travesty. Honestly, you you would never when you expect to work in a kitchen. Like I I I couldn't serve. How can you serve food when there's literally sewage on the floor and they want you to work in it? Like honestly, it was a fucking joke. Like the amount of gas leaks as well we had. Uh, like fucking the electrics are always fucked. Like they didn't want to spend any money on the kitchen, and like fair enough if you don't. Like obviously you have a annual budget what you can spend, but I mean when there's so much shit going wrong in this place, I'm not going to mention it for legal reasons, but honestly there's so much shit I, I you can say like the sewage on the floor happened multiple times, multiple gas leaks, water just coming through the fucking drain and want you to work in it. Like, we worked without... It sounds stupid, and you can get away with it, but when you're in a super busy environment like it was, especially in summer, 
we had a dish we didn't have a dishwasher for like two months and this happened multiple times and can't lie some of the fucking waiters who work there are were fucking useless and don't get me wrong they probably hated me because i was i was an arsehole <laughs> i was an arsehole to them and they was an arsehole to me but i mean they were fucking useless it took them like 20 minutes to wash one fucking plate it was honestly a joke we never had plates we never had anything we really needed everything was fucked it was honestly the most fucked atmosphere to work in. Um, like, the kitchen team were actually relatively all quite close. I don't get me wrong, there's there always going to be arguments. But, fuck me, it was an absolute fucking joke. The amount of shit that went wrong in this place. Like, fucking, the amount of fucking times the, the water came through that drain and flooded the whole kitchen. They vaguely just went, put towels down. Towels down. When it's literally covering my whole foot and going to my calf. What's a towel going to fucking do? It's going to do fuck all. They want you to carry on working. Like, it's just, it's just honestly ridiculous. There's shit, shit everywhere. Like, the fucking fryer. Uh, don't even get me started on that fryer. That was like the uh, like, um, danger hazard 101. Like, just, like, health and safety was so shit. It kind of blows me away. How they passed audits. Look, I did audits in that place. And and you you would fail. Like you there's no way you can't tell me you would pass an audit when there's fucking the drain is literally put putting sewage into the kitchen and it's like visible, it stinks. Everything stinks and they want you to work in it. Like honestly, it was just that's probably the worst experience I've ever had working. But that sewage one, honestly, a joke. Joke, joke, joke. And I mean, I hated that job. Like, I liked I liked the people there. But honestly, the fucking health and safety in that place was so shit. Flooded the fucking floor. Multiple times. I think it probably would have flooded about ten times. Probably more. Do you know what, now that I'm thinking about it? It was honestly a shit show. It was a sh- it was just a complete and utter shit show. Um, like, it was, it was just a joke. Honestly, a joke. Carry on working. Like, if it's like a little bit of water, you just, you just mop it up, don't you? But when it's fucking the whole kitchen and you're literally walking in water and you have to serve food in it, like, that's not, it's not an acceptable working environment. And no one would listen to me. No one would listen. Obviously, the chefs and the waiters there would also be like, this is a fucking joke. We would laugh. We would actually laugh at how shit that place was. And, like, with everything. Like, ev- the amount of shit that could go wrong could go- went wrong. Like, the fucking coffee machine never worked. Uh, for, like, the, the front of house. Um, honestly, it was just a fucking joke. Because I've been a barista before. They always sent me out to fucking try and fix it. Like, I, I'm not a fucking... I don't... I know how to make coffees from coffee machines. I have no idea how to fucking put one together and fix one. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I'm not a fucking... Uh, what, are they, what are they called? A uh, mechanic? I have no idea what, what to fucking build one and put one together and fix it. An uh, electrician? I have no idea. And I've got to go fix it. I'm like, no, I just... Because they wouldn't hire one. They've. I think now they've got new fucking coffee machines. Thank God. Hopefully they'll get a new fucking kitchen. I doubt it, because they won't spend the fucking money. 
Um, I know, <laughs> I know, I've gone on and got quite angry about it, but honestly, it, it really when because at this point I was really passionate about cooking and especially nutrition. Like nutrition um, played a big role in the job I, I'm doing now. Um, but honestly, it was just a joke. You get you got mistreated. You got it was just an absolute shithole. Um, and all my other jobs have been brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. The people there, brilliant. Managers, brilliant. Just lovely people to work with. Don't get me wrong, the place I, I the shit job, had lovely people as well. But because the job was so shit, everyone started to hate the fucking job. And then, you, you know, when you hate the job, when you're not happy working, you, you're just a general arsehole to everyone. I, I was. I hated the job so much, I just... I was just have a go at anyone at that point. I, I used to complain so much, I got told if you complain anymore, you will lose your job. Like, how's that acceptable? It's just... Like, what? You can't... You're complaining about working conditions that they're so bad, you'll lose your job. Like, yeah, that, that's more, you know... And that really messed my mental health up. Um, it was just a joke. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Because <laughs> it was... I think I've covered, like, it was honestly... that per, My personal experience there was an absolute joke. And I feel sorry for people who still work there, to be honest with you. But yeah, now we're going on to about uh, why I decided to leave the catering industry and not just move on to another chef job. Um, I decided to leave mainly because my mental health. That the job, the shit job, was fucked me. It's fucked me being a chef uh, and, and just anything in the catering industry for life now. Um, I, I don't think I could do it anymore because it was such a bad experience. I was angry i was at borderline depression i still go to therapy every two weeks and my therapist is absolutely brilliant he's helped me through so much um my anger my anxiety my just my just my boy i wouldn't say i was depressed but you know i was getting there um i didn't feel like myself anymore um i was angry at the world in general um it's just absolute you know it was all it was a horrible time and it was because I was like, I got a new job after this uh, shit job. And it was a good job, really good job, but I just couldn't hack it anymore. I couldn't handle it. Like the, When you're a chef, you expect to work extremely long hours. And I, I, I've always been a grafter. I'll always do overtime. I'll always get as much... I wanted to get as much money as possible, to be honest. I want to secure myself, secure, secure my future. Um... As everyone should, I'm not an, a lazy guy. I wanna, I wanna just you know get loads of money and live comfortably and be happy. But I wasn't happy being a chef. Um, I realise that now. At the time, I was like, right, well, this is my job. I've gone to college. If I decide to do anything else, I've wasted like years and years and years of my life. Which just isn't true. You always, you're not trapped. I felt trapped. That's the best example to give. Like when you feel trapped, honestly, it's the worst feeling. Because you, I felt like I could do nothing, nothing else with my life. Because um, so I've, I, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't particularly. I'm not the smartest kid in the world. I'm just very resilient. I can get on with things. I do things because it needs to be done. And now, I have like a successful, like, uh, 
organic clothing line that's really going very well for me. I've obviously I've started my podcast as a hobby. Um, I'm a PT and a nutritionist now. What something I never expected to. I've always loved sport. I've loved football my whole life. Um, I've just I love basketball. I love any sport, any physical activity. Like I adore running now. I love running. Like Nick Bear, uh, Mo Farah. I'm all these like athletes. I I try and take traits from them because they're just role models for me now. Like long distance running for me uh, clears my head more, probably more than anything. Um, it gets gives you time to imagine, you know, think. Like I thought of doing a podcast whilst long distance running. To be honest with you, it gave you it gives me an opportunity to express myself in a way I couldn't as a chef. Being a chef, you can't express yourself. You're just you're the guy. You're just a workhorse. That's what you are really. Don't get me wrong, you can express yourself with plating and certain designs and menu creation. But you're not... That wasn't me. And now I realise that. I should have never really gone down the chef route. I don't regret being a chef at all. Because without without being a chef, I wouldn't have earned the money. I could, uh, like, buy a course to become a PT. I'm now a level four personal trainer, qualified nutritionist. Um, you know... It's something I couldn't I couldn't be where I am today without being a chef. I don't regret being a chef. I I wish I was just more prepared of being it, you know. I don't look back with any hate. I told my therapist this. I don't look back with any regret whatsoever. I love what I'm doing now. I love what like I said, I do really, really love what I'm doing now. I wake up, I'm happy. Um, what I haven't felt in ages I never felt happy while I was a chef getting up early, leaving super late it just wasn't me um, you know now now I'm happy that's the, that's the thing if you're not happy and you're in a job that you hate like I was you just get out of there fuck for money I was so adamant because when you're working long hours you're on good pay You'll get you're getting more money than most people do because you're working more, and you're getting paid more. You, you just it's just how life works, isn't it? If you're working more hours and you're on good money, you're just going to get loads of money. But if you, fuck for honestly, you just got to fuck for money off. If you're not happy, um, I learned this the hard way. Money isn't everything. Money is not everything. Do what makes you happy. I I say this to my therapist whenever we talk. I'm happy now. I wasn't happy then. If you're not happy, your life is not going to be as fulfilled as it should be. If, you know, people people will be there for you. Like I got told by people, "Oh, you don't want to don't want to leave being a chef. It's good money, it's stable, it's a career." And now look at it. COVID has fucked the catering industry. Like I feel sorry for the people who who I know are still chefs. I know loads of people are going to get on April 12th. Everyone's going to go to these pubs and get absolutely smashed and get food. But a lot of pubs haven't made it and a lot of people are going to be looking for new jobs. And if you're not happy being a chef or just not happy in general, just bang it off. Fuck it off. <laughs> just be be who you want to be. Like I, I, I was like, Do you know what? I'm done. I want to be a personal trainer and a nutritionist. I've always been interested in nutrition, and that's the thing I know the most about. 
I, I work out twice a day. You know, I love running. I love. I'm not such a big fan of lifting weights, to be honest. I, fi I find it incredibly boring. Um, it's not enough mental uh, struggle for me. I need to like really have that mental struggle to push on. That might just be not me not pushing myself enough while lifting weights, but I don't like it. But just do whatever you want to do at the end of that's all. That's what that's the point I'm trying to make. This is that's the main reason I decided to make this podcast. If your mental health is fucked, buy your job, just leave. And it's difficult now because of COVID, and you that you do have to have play that in mind. With COVID, you've got to be a bit more because a lot of things aren't happening. Uh, so you just got to think. You've got you know don't just fuck it off and then have nothing prepared have at least something prepared so you know you're not going to be left in the dark with no fucking money you know if it's just you know start slowly start things you know if you're in a bit more of a position of power you know go down to a, a, le a lesser position let do some less hours slowly work your way out so you know you at least you're getting some money and while you're looking i i i, <laughs> I did the exact opposite i just went you know what i'm out <laughs> I'm done and I left and I did a week of just nothing really uh, then on my birthday my 21st birthday I decided let's just do an online course figure out what I actually want to do and I decided I've already got a bit of uh, qualification in nutrition so let's just become a PT learn I love training Let's become a personal trainer and help people. Because I've always wanted to help people in some sort of way. And that that's kind of what I want to do a podcast with. You know, if I can help someone just through me talking and explaining my personal experiences and what I think on certain topics as well. Like, I think next, next week's podcast will be about sport, football and great athletes in football. Um, and like their mentality and their fitness regimes and and just just that in general just sport in general focusing on football athletes um that's that's you know if i can get someone motivated to train and change their life like i listen to podcasts and that's what helped me realize what i was doing was absolute rubbish and i'm never going to be a chef again i don't want to be a chef again i don't hate anyone for being a chef you just gotta realize it sometimes your job what you want at the beginning might not be the best for you in the long run but anyway that's that's pretty much all i want to say uh, in this podcast episode so thank you for listening uh, i hope you enjoyed this episode uh, let me know uh, on my Instagram, what questions? Because next week's episode for 15 minutes of the last bit of the last segment of the podcast, I'm going to answer your questions on topics of anything you ask. Really, 15 minutes. If that'll be from every episode from next week, okay. So looking forward to seeing your questions. My my Instagram is Bailey underscore Airs underscore. Uh, just DM me on there. And I'll answer your questions next Wednesday on the next podcast. Thank you, guys. Speak to you soon.